come and follow me. What, is, what does that look like? God calls us, Jesus in these last words says, go and make disciples. Jesus is always moving and he's always inviting. The church moves past the kind of love that does what we want to do because it feels right to us and moves towards laying our lives down for one another. God meets us in those desperate spots when we're hungry and we're thirsty. So let it grow, let it spread. Let it spread from one coast to the other. Let it spread around the world. God, pour out your spirit. Dear friends, let us love one another. We may catch fire by ourselves, but we keep fire together. Hey, good morning, everybody. 11 o'clock, you made it. I want you to stand to your feet. Let's sing together. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer. 
Good morning. Welcome to Worship at LaCroix. We believe God has done great things. And the first thing he's done is he, he woke you up this morning and he gave you this day. This is the day the Lord has made. We celebrate that. And another great thing is he brought us together in this thing called the church. And uh, we're so glad. And if you're here for the first time or you're really new to LaCroix, welcome. I pray this is the best hour of your day. We're so glad to have you here today. And uh, would you go ahead and take a seat for a moment? Yeah, we are so glad to uh, be together in worship. Now, if you are new to LaCroix, this is a very different kind of service today. This is Vision Sunday. Once a year, we take time and we celebrate the great things God has done and is doing in our midst. For we believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed through the local church is the hope of the world. First, it's the gospel of Jesus. It is good news. Paul said this in his letter to Timothy. He said, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. What is the gospel? It's Jesus. Friends, everything you've always wanted, everything you've been looking for is found in a person. It's found in Jesus Christ. Um, he is the treasure hidden in a field, the pearl, great price. We sell everything to be able to have. And he is um, the, the thing that our hearts desire and all we're looking for. So the gospel, the gospel of Jesus is good news. And Jesus started this thing called the church, where this community of redeemed people would gather together and become a new community, a new family the, the church was started by Jesus. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus builds his church. It's his idea. It's God's plan to reclaim, restore, and redeem broken lives. It's God's plan A and there is no plan B. It's the church. And so we celebrate that and at LaCroix, we like to say that our mission is this. It's leading people to wholeheartedly follow Jesus. We say that a lot. We talk about that a lot. In fact, I'd love it if you said it after me. I'll say it and then you say it. Leading people to wholeheartedly follow Jesus. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. And, and that's our mission to lead people to come to know Jesus. And there are three values that we uh, hold dear along the way. First is that we're outwardly focused. Second, that we thrive in community. And thirdly, that we never stop moving towards Jesus. Well, today on this Vision Sunday, what we want to do is we want to focus on that first value because that's something we're gonna be focusing on throughout the whole year is that we are outwardly focused. Now, the thing about being outwardly focused is it takes great determination to do that and to stay outwardly focused. Because what? It, it means it's not about me. It's not about us. It's not about those who are already here. To be outwardly focused is no, we exist for those who are not yet here. We exist to serve and to share Christ with those around us. So we're going to tell some stories today about um, the mission of, of the church and uh, the, the, the value of being outwardly focused. And the first story we want to share uh, had its roots two years ago. A member of our church was working in our conference office in Colombia and found out about this couple in Cuba, both ordained through the Cuban Methodist Church and that they had almost 20 years track record of, of preaching and sharing Jesus and seeing many, many people come to faith in him and that they felt God was calling them to America uh, to, to start a church. And I said, well, I'd like to hear more. And that started a journey that uh, eventually brought uh, Jarl and my Alice uh, to us uh, here in Cape Girardeau. And so I want you to hear a little bit about their story and this beautiful thing that God is doing among us as we start a church within a church. So Yara and my Alice, and they're gonna be joined by Carmen, the translator. Come on up and, and uh, join us up here. Would you welcome them as they come? Yeah. Very good. Come on over and have a seat. They, it's, it, it was about one year ago, almost exactly, 
that they moved to Cape Girardeau. Uh, they had been living in Kansas City prior to that for just about six months and uh, having left uh, Cuba. Uh, and so um, uh, they, they came here and over the past year, they've been learning the language, learning our community, learning our culture, learning about LaCroix Church and all of that. As we are, we're doing this thing that we're seeing great success all around the country. It's, it's, it's a model called church within a church. That, that we're gonna start a, a, a Spanish-speaking church right here within our church. The launch is set for Easter Sunday, so it's coming up not long from now, up the hallway in the auditorium where we used to have church. But anyway, this journey for them started 20 years ago um, when a prophecy was spoken over them when they were newlyweds. Uh, tell us about this prophecy that was spoken over you. Díganos acerca de la profecía que les dieron hace 20 años. Bueno, cuando teníamos 20 años... Eh, un grupo de oración llegó donde estábamos nosotros, éramos misioneros hacía dos años. So we had a group, a prayer group that came over. We had already been in ministry and so they came and they were talking to us and we were already in ministry two years. Y nos profetizaron de que vendríamos a pastorear aquí en los Estados Unidos. And so they prophesied that we would be pastors here in the United States. Nosotros en ese momento no creímos ni aceptamos esa profecía. So back then we didn't believe or we did not obey that prophecy. Por muchos motivos, eh, pero principalmente porque queríamos trabajar a tiempo completo nuestro pastorado en Cuba. So there were many reasons why we did not believe that prophecy because we were believing that we would continue in ministry in Cuba. Pues entonces pasamos el seminario, nos hicimos licenciado en teología, nos ordenamos en la Iglesia Metodista en Cuba, por 20 años fuimos pastores. So for 20 years, we were ministers, we were ordained ministers, we were pastoral care within Cuba for 20 years. Y se nos olvidó la profecía. And we forgot about the prophecy. <laughs> Pero Dios nos trajo a este lugar porque cuando huimos de los propósitos de Dios, Dios, aunque sea dentro del vientre de un gran pez, te lleva a su propósito. So within that time, we did not believe, but within the uh, purpose of God, we believe that that purpose was also like within a whale. We believe that. And God was not going to let you go. No, he was, he was going to keep uh, bringing this prophecy before you, right? And so 20 years later, you said yes to that. And we got acquainted. Like I said, it was about a year ago that they moved to town. And uh, we've just kind of brought them into our family and love them so much. Um, and anyway, you have a vision and you are starting a church called Comunidad, Comunidad Espiritu y Fuego, which means the community of spirit and fire. How about that? Is that a good name for a church? And uh, they're going to, uh, yeah, yeah. And like I said, they'll be meeting in the auditorium up there. But tell us a little bit about your vision for Comunidad. Díganos de la visión que usted tiene para la comunidad. Bueno, la visión que tenemos es alcanzar y unir a la comunidad a pesar de las diferencias del idioma y de las culturas. So our purpose and our goal is to unite and bring together uh, the community even though we have differences and with language barrier. Es conectarnos, aprender unos de otros. To connect and also learn from each other. Hacer de dos pueblos una gran nación bajo la gracia y el favor de Dios. So bringing two different communities together under one uh, reign of one God. And we, we believe that uh, the, the, the church within a church model is this beautiful picture of what God has in store for all eternity. John had that vision, you know, in the book of Revelation where he saw before the throne people from every tri tribe, nation, and tongue. And so when we get in a, a space like that, we're actually experiencing a little bit of heaven. And so we're grateful for that. Um, tell us what is the greatest need of Spanish-speaking people in our area? Díganos la necesidad más grande aquí en nuestra comunidad. Bueno, pudiera ir desde lo más sencillo hasta lo más complejo. So I can even talk about like the easiest to the most complex. Pero por ejemplo, el que cuando encuentras en la calle, en los pasillos, en el mercado, en la escuela, algún hispanohablante le digas, hola, ¿qué tal? ¿Cómo estás? So even when we go onto the community, we see people within the supermarket, the hallways, uh, the stores, anywhere, that you could stop and just say, hola, how are you? ¿Cómo estás? O palabras tan sencillas como Dios te bendiga, 
pero que son tan importantes para la comunidad latina. Cuando le dices a la gente latina, Dios te bendiga, le estás diciendo, tienes la suerte echada, estás bendecido, tu día será fabuloso. So even something simple when you say, God bless you, Dios te bendiga, you are welcoming them, and you, that means something very important to the Hispanic community, and it's like you are just blessing them through and through when you say that to them. El ser aceptados por la comunidad, el no sentirse diferente. To be, feel that welcoming and to not feel different. El sentirse acogido por otros. And to feel welcomed and accepted by others. Sentirse que es bienvenido. To feel welcomed. Y tener un lugar, una iglesia donde podamos adorar todos juntos en nuestra lengua materna. And so that we can come collectively together so we can pray together under one tongue. What's been beautiful is how they have been welcoming and opening their arms wide to people. When we brought them here to visit before they moved, um, they were going to folks. We took to a couple of places where there are a large number of Hispanic folks, and they were telling people about Jesus within two minutes of meeting them and uh, uh, just getting their names and inviting, and they've been doing a lot of that. So we had a, uh, back in December, we had a couple pre-launch services. They weren't the launch of the service, but pr kind of practice services. And, um, you know, you always wonder, you know, God, uh, how are you in this and are you working? And Mayalis, if you haven't figured out, Mayalis is the preacher and uh, she can preach. Let me tell you, uh, Yarrow uh, is a singer and a beautiful worship leader and they both are, are ministers of the gospel. Um, but uh, uh, Mayalis was preaching that day in this practice service and she kept using the theme new beginning. I had a translator. Um, I do know the word hola. I, I do have a couple words. Um, <laughs> And there, anyway, and she kept re repeating this refrain, new beginning. It's a new beginning for you and your family. It's a new beginning for you and your life. It's a new beginning for you and your job. It's a new beginning for you and a new church. And, and as she's saying that, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, 35 years earlier, almost 35 years and two months, LaCroix had its first service. But before that, we had a practice service. And it was um, September 25th, 1988. This is the bulletin from that rehearsal service. And back then they said, when you're starting a new church, make sure you have a slogan that's kind of catchy and everybody will remember. And our slogan that we used for probably about 10 years was offering you a new beginning. And here she is 35 years later and her sermon is a new beginning. It's like God's hand is all over this thing. It's so beautiful. So um, it is a church within a church. And we know that there are things that Uh, members, English-speaking members of our church can do. What, what would that be? Algo este, que los miembros aquí de nuestra congregación que puedan hacer. Bueno, tenemos muchas necesidades. We have many needs. Necesitamos ayuda en todo. We need help in everything. <laughs> Write that down, everything. There you go. Necesitamos muchos voluntarios. We need many volunteers. Para todas las áreas. In every area. Tal vez cocinar. Maybe cooking. Limpiar. Cleaning. Ayudar con los niños. Help with the children. Ayudar tal vez en, con algún instrumento. Maybe play an instrument. De todo necesitamos. So we need help with everything. Necesitamos mucha oración. We need much prayer. Necesitamos que inviten a todos los que se encuentren en el camino. So we just have invite everybody that you run into, a Spanish speaking, y le digan, hay una comunidad que te está esperando en la iglesia de La Croix. And you just tell them you have a community that is waiting for you at La Croix. Te necesitamos, iglesia, gracias. We need you. Thank you, church. Yeah, so you can invite, and you may have some Spanish-speaking friends. On the and that that uh, preview service, that pre-launch, we had people from six different nations, and it was just a beautiful thing. Um, and so I, I want to thank you. The, the sacrifice they made, um, you may know the situation in Cuba. They can never go back. They can never go back and see their family. They cut those ties in obedience to what they felt God was calling them to do. And it's an honor to be able to work with folks who have paid that kind of price and who have this kind of love for Jesus. So uh, Yara's going to help us sing a song in Spanish and English. But would you thank them for their ministry among us? Thank you.
calls out his voice How great is our God Sing with me How great is our God Oh, we'll see how great How great is our God Él está El tiempo está en Él Principio y el fin, principio y el fin. La Trinidad en Dios, el Padre y Espíritu, Cordero y el León, Cordero y el tough to follow. <laughs> Y'all can grab a seat. Um, just one word about that. When Yaro Miles came here and they were talking to our staff for the first time, um, the word that I felt like God put on my heart for our new friends and our new pastors is that they were not just a missionary to our community. 
they were missionaries to our church, like to us. And that they get to lead us in their pursuit and our pursuit of Jesus together. And so we're really grateful for them. Um, as we're talking about being outwardly focused and, uh, and what that looks like in our world, um, uh, sometimes, you know, a word from the Lord, listening to the Holy Spirit that comes kind of to leadership and sort of trickles down in a community. Um, but often in the New Testament world, that, that comes from the ground up. That comes from the people up. The Holy Spirit is speaking to all of us. And when we see something kind of like rising together, that gets our attention. And about 10 years ago, uh, there was this um, lean, this movement in our community towards caring for the orphan, towards caring for children that did not have um, a good home or people to care for them otherwise, locally and globally. And, uh, and we set a goal to say that in 10 years, we would be caring for a thousand orphans, um, whether that's through child sponsorship or um, foster care adoption and supporting those who do those things. And we just checked in, like in the last 10 years, there was like some global upheaval and some other stuff, you know, that was a bit of a challenge. And, uh, and we just needed to check in a few months ago in November. Um, we checked in to see it was about 10 years out. How are we doing? And guys, we were like 900 and something, something, something. We were just a few shy in a very short period of time. We will hit that goal of caring for a thousand orphans, which is absolutely amazing. Um, and yeah, you can celebrate that. And I know many of you, most of the ways that we do that are through global child sponsorship uh, initiatives that we've connected people to. And it has been so beautiful to see how that's happened locally also. That there are people in our community that have opened up their home to children that need a place. And so I, I just, um, knowing that so many of you are stepping into that, and maybe today this would be a place for you to hear the call of God in your life in some sort of first step. Um, I just want to celebrate and acknowledge some of that by inviting um, the McKelveys, Cooper and Meredith McKelvey, to share their story a little bit um, with us. And would you, uh, would you welcome Cooper and Meredith? <laughs> Meredith has been back there banging on the drums this morning, um, which is always fun. And yeah, you're getting a workout back there and, uh, and all that. And um, Cooper joined staff. A year and a half ago. Yeah, June, June of 22. Which yeah. is a really sweet story. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're from Sykeston, and so they found Jesus um, coming. No, I'm kidding. Um, I mean, they did find Jesus, but they, uh, we appreciate you guys making the drive and investing in our community as well as yours. Um, and uh, how did this journey of foster care and adoption, how did it start for you? Yeah, so... Um... So just to give you context, right now we have seven in our house. There's uh, us two, and then there's five, uh, two or three permanent, uh, two temporary, and uh, one in that mix has been adopted. So the, I know there's going to be a picture here in a minute, so y'all can kind of guess who's who. Um, but for us, it's it's really been a conversation since we were married about adoption. Meredith has adoption in her family's history and their story. So it was always on our radar and on our hearts. So when we started conversations about growing our family, that was a natural place to go. Um, and, and when we got serious about talking more about which option to choose and kind of which path to go, we intentionally spoke with some friends who had done both, um, trying to get their advice, get a little discernment in the process, and, and decided that actually pursuing private adoption was the route for us. Um, we no, we kind of knew that we wanted to intentionally grow our family and that uh, with foster care, really the goal of foster care is reunification of that child with their birth parent. Um, so that is the outcome. So we wanted to be intentional about growing our family. So we set off in that journey and, and to kind of fast forward a little bit, just to kind of give you a glimpse of how God interrupted our decisions uh, of not wanting to do foster care. Um, Meredith, so on one particular day, uh, Meredith gets a phone call from the adoption consultant that we're working with. And she just said, hey, I don't know what's going on in y'all's life, but um, I want to pray for you guys today. And I just, I want you to know that I'm doing that. Don't know what's going on, uh, but just, just know I'm praying for you. And then fast forward later that afternoon, Meredith has a dream um, that uh, a woman literally comes to her and says, I, I basically, I, I want to give you my child. 
um, 20 minutes later, we get a phone call, or Meredith gets a phone call um, about taking emergency placement for a newborn there in Sykeston. Um, and it just happens to be a couple that we had intersected with at Spread Hope Now, which is a, a faith-based nonprofit that we serve at regularly in Sykes. And so we had a little connection to them, but really no meaningful connection. Um, so all of a sudden, we're diving headfirst into an emergency placement, which within 48 hours became, oh, no, we're going to go further with this. She, she's not going anywhere. So um, we're now exploring an area that, one, we said we were never going to do and then had no clue what we were doing, uh, which can be a benefit. So just if you consider foster care, uh, <laughs> ignorance can be bliss. But, um, but yeah, so we, we jumped headfirst, and I guess the rest is kind of history at this point. I think part of what sticks out to, that, to me about that is there were several people giving God their yes there was this person with an adoption agency who feels God tugging on her heart for you guys. And then there's something stirring in your spirit. And then someone calling you. And then that is intersecting with a family that you have met while serving your local community through Spread Hope Now. So you were already giving God your yes in one way. And that's where you had this initial connection that you didn't even know would turn in to anything. I mean, that is, that is just really beautiful. What, what would you and add it's, about that? It's important to note too, that, um, you know, I don't think the route we started out was wrong. It's just that God redirected it. You know, you take a couple steps and then God kind of, you know, shows you where he wants you to go. And so sometimes there's a yes and then there's a wait and then there's a not now. And so you feel in all the ups and downs of that. And we eventually, uh, paused our, our private adoption process, uh, because we, um, had a child that wasn't going anywhere. And so we knew that that was growing into something. And I think that kind of springboarded us further into foster care because it was just a space we didn't know or understand. And um, I had friends that were very honest about just some of the difficulties, which was helpful. Um, but kind of like on Shark Tank, for those reasons, I am out. And so I, I was like, that sounds really great for someone who's called, and I am not. And so just be careful what you tell God you won't do. <laughs> <laughs> so what has God done in you in, in this process? You know, often being on, on mission, being out really focused, or, you know, we think about what God's doing through us, which is real. But usually the journey is, is inward also. And so what's that been... For you guys. Yeah, so for me, um, I know when, when you deal in the space of child abuse and neglect or with um, families that are experiencing a loss or a tragedy or a fracture of sorts, you're, you're stepping into a story that already exists. And so we're, you know, we're not the main character. And so when you do that, um, it's not lost on me that there's a first family involved. And God has just really grown my heart because I think I was prepared to be angry and to stay angry, to be defensive. And, you know, we talked about, you know, it's very culturally acceptable to be social justice minded, um, but it's, it's a different call for the Jesus follower to be Jesus in that. And so um, he has given me a love and compassion for uh, these first parents that I, I did not expect. Um, so when I look at them, I, I don't have anger in my heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about with you? Yeah, I mean... <sighs> Yes, all of that. And, and, and also the reality of just what can come through um, restoration, you know, what, what God can do through the restoration of making something new, like with our context of adoption, but even watching the foster care process play out and, and being hopeful for reunification mm -hmm. and just the, the story of the gospel that is restoration and making something new. And that's just, that is stuck out the entire time. Yeah, yeah. So right now in your family, um, I think we've got a picture, and you talked about this earlier. Um, so you've got your two bios, the um, adopted uh, daughter, and then two temporary foster care placements. Yeah. And um, with some twins. So you guys are getting lots of sleep. And Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that. Very deep sleep, yes. Yeah, and that's really sweet. So what would you want um, people to know? What would you want them to hear about what it means um, to step into that space. Maybe God's pulling on their heart a little bit. And there's so many, uh, we, there's so many different ways to engage, so many different ways forward um, that we don't just have a so do this because it's not that clear and clean. There's so many different um, paths to engage. But how would you um, speak to somebody who's 
maybe in that space? Yeah, and this is in, in all humility, I'm, I'm gonna just tell you, we're not that special. Um, we just happened to step into a call that God had for us. And when considering that, it, it really was nothing more than taking that first, even small step of saying yes to a temporary placement and, and kind of a, an emergency situation. And that grew and God grew the opportunity. So um, use people, uh, have conversations ahead of time. I mean, talk with people you trust and that you know that have gone ahead of you, but also keep that community close to you, you know, because you're going to need them. If you find yourself in, in any aspect of this, you're going to need a community around you. So, uh, yeah, that would be my biggest encouragement. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. We all say thank you to the McKelveys. Um, they have, uh, they have both agreed to be out in the connect area after service. So if you um, are curious and want to maybe have a first conversation, they've said they would love to be that conversation. You can go talk to them afterwards, or you can email us at the church on the website. I think there's like a get connected form or an information form. Um, just say, I'm interested in learning more about foster care and adoption. And uh, in the book of Ephesians, Paul is talking to this group of first Christians like this. And he says, praise be to God and father, the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ and according with his pleasure and will that when the writers of scripture are looking for a way to talk about what God has done for us, they say it's like he made space for us in his family and called us his own. And that's how he makes earth more like heaven again. And we get to step into that same call with him and make earth a little more like heaven by maybe making space in our own home and our own family for those that need it most. So we'd ask you to consider and pray what God might be leading you to do. So would you stand with us as we continue to worship?
would you pray with me? Father, you are the standard bearer. You tell us where the front line is. You tell us where the work is to be done, and we pray that, that you would raise that standard high, that we all could see what needs to be done, what you want us to do, what you've called us to do, and even how to do it. So we pray you would speak loudly, Lord. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hey, you guys can have a seat. Being outwardly focused often begins with an invitation. I suspect somewhere along the way, somebody invited you to church. Somebody invited you into a community of faith. Um, in just a couple of weeks, we have a very easy invitation to make, and that is uh, our annual Easter egg hunt. And you may have some friends who have kids and they'd like to come to this. It may be their first exposure to the LaCroix community. So it's coming up March 16th. You got one of these cards when you came in, the perforated and tear one off, hand it to them. The QR code tells them all they need to know, allows them to register for this free event. That could be a way that you do that, issuing that invitation. Um, your, this Easter egg hunt and all the things we do to make it possible to invite people to is possible because of your generosity. So I want to say thank you for your giving to LaCroix. You can give a number of ways. A lot of folks, a majority, uh, give electronically. Several different ways to do that. There are boxes on the way out the door. However you do that, you're making um, us being, this church being outwardly focused possible. Like Alpha, the space where we get to explore life's most important questions. Life is for exploring. So where will your curiosity take you? You're invited to Alpha this new year. The best conversations happen over great food with interesting people. A place for the open-minded. And they're not quite sure space to ask whatever you like or nothing at all who knows what this new year will bring but let's make it one to remember where we grab all life's got to offer we'll never have it all figured out but that's all part of the adventure stay curious try alpha There is a, um, a new curiosity, a new openness to the things of God today like there hasn't been before. All the research is pointing toward this, and it's a very, very encouraging thing. And inviting someone to Alpha can be a difference maker in their life. But invitations don't stop there. In the story, a woman at church who saw that someone had just started coming to church, but they needed to be connected to the community of faith here if they were going to stay in the journey. And we got this beautiful story that's captured in this video. Watch. I was doing a devotion the other morning, and it asked me, what brings you joy? And so I wrote my daughter, and I said, Beth, there is nothing that brings me more joy than giving people purpose for living. I was sitting here one day, and someone told me she'd been visiting LaCroix. My general manager, she was acquainted with Mary Jo first, and I was working one day when Mary Jo came in. She said, Sarah also has been attending LaCroix. I had been facilitating a rooted group, and when I saw Sarah, I thought, oh, she would love those people. And I just marched right up there. I couldn't even sit in the chair. I got right up, and I said, I hear you might be visiting LaCroix. I love LaCroix. Would you like to be in a Bible study? I can't remember the exact words I said, but... You said you might not be comfortable because you don't know a lot about the Bible. Yeah, I said, I'm brand new. I'm brand new to church. I don't know anything about the Bible. <laughs> and I love that. So I said, well, you're coming to the right place. Sarah said, well, I think maybe when you get to be about my age, I need to figure out what life is all about. Yeah. What a wonderful thing to wake up as a young person to know it's time to figure out life. I made a decision about four years ago to try to turn my will and my life over to God as I understand Him. So I just thought, you know, let's do it. Let's get involved. 
it was pretty, you know, nerve-wracking. But they're very welcoming, and there was a great dog there, I love it, <laughs> named Gracie. So that broke the ice a little bit, too. Sure. I had told a lot of my story in various different ways to them, and nobody acted, you know, as if I wasn't welcome. Rooted was my first uh, chance where I got, like, into reading the Bible, like, reading Scripture. So I had a lot of beginner questions, uh, <laughs> a lot of things that I wasn't comfortable with, that I didn't like, that I needed time to think about. But like I said, everybody was very welcoming and listened to all my questions. So, yeah, I'm able to grow in a lot of different areas. I will tell you, when I saw her walk across that stage and flip her chart, I was just a little overcome because I didn't know she was taken rooted right then. From that small conversation, at, you know, up here at work one day, now I have this wonderful community of people that help me on my walk. Every morning, I say, God, show me who's hurting today or who doesn't know you. And, and really make my eyes see and be aware of people around me of all ages. And he does. I just have to remember it's not really about me, but it's about God moving through people's lives. And if I share my story, then they can see that and maybe want it for themselves. The power of an invitation can be life-changing. One of the things that we have seen, a really um, a, a beautiful trend that's happening with Alpha is that people are not only inviting some friends to Alpha, but they're sitting with them through Alpha and going through it with them. And that's exactly what happened here. Uh, welcome to Sage Devinda Veer. She and her family have been at LaCroix a long time and good friends. And um, she invited her granddaughter, Lonnie, to attend Alpha the last time we offered it. So Davina, what motivated you to do it and to go through it with her? Well, about a year ago, you were sharing information about Gen Z, and it happened to be about the time for Alpha to begin, and I thought, well, wow, Lonnie should do Alpha. That's, you're talking about Leilani when you're talking about Gen Z. And um, some time went by and nothing happened, and I started praying Hey, God, would you take Lonnie to Alpha? Sorry, didn't tell you about that part. Um, and then one day, it just dawned on me. It's like God gave me a little nudge and said, why don't you take her to Alpha? So um, I asked, and she said yes. <laughs> that was yay. <laughs> so Lonnie, would, would you have gone to Alpha if your grandmother not only didn't invite you, but didn't go through it with you? Honestly, I probably would not have gone to Alpha because I would have been back in the rainforest doing child work for the parents who were attending Alpha. So, but you did go through Alpha and you guys sat through it uh, the whole time. Um, what was your experience of Alpha and what happened in the middle of that? My experience with Alpha was very positive because first I came with tons of anxiety and questions and my faith in God increased and my anxieties decreased. So I felt very comfortable within my own skin, within my group, because I finally knew God was here to love me. So how are you different after going through Alpha? I'm different because I know what God's purpose is. And along with my purpose, God told me that I'm here to love people. That sounds very generic, but I was told to love beyond the average person, to give more grace and kindness to people because that's what my purpose here on earth is. And what did it do in your relationship with God? It strengthened it tremendously. Alpha is amazing, and side note, the food is home-cooked amazing. As a starving college student, ooh, I ate and I learned, I gained knowledge, and I recommend it to all my friends. Well, that's good. So, Devinda, what was it like for you to experience Alpha with Lonnie? I didn't know the joy that would happen in sharing it with her. Um, I knew it would be good because I love Jesus and we talk about Jesus. But um, the fact that we 
I listened to her. I heard her questions. It was a safe place. And my favorite part was that I got to pick her up and take her. We had a little boo-boo with her car. And so it turned out to be a blessing because I would drive to SEMO, pick her up. We would talk. And then we would do Alpha together. And then just more questions came up and more time together that was precious. Um, And we prayed together because... What a blessing to be able to pray with your grandchild, right? <laughs> so it is, it, is a, it is a wonderful thing. Some, you may have friends uh, who, if you invite them, they probably wouldn't go. But if you sat with them through Alpha, they just might, and God can really touch lives. We've seen it happen over and again. So, Lonnie, you're Gen Z demographically, you know, and, and Gen Z just a couple years ago was really close. We'd hear how young people are just close to the gospel. Friends, that has changed dramatically. The events of the past few years has opened hearts. According to a research done by Barna Research Organization, um, Gen Z is open now more to the gospel and to Jesus than ever before. In fact, 77% of Gen Z, and that's people born between 1996 and 2012, okay? College students and people in their 20s. 77% of them said they are open, are somewhat open to, to following the teachings of Jesus, which is unbelievable. We have this open window and it won't stay open forever. Um, Lonnie, that's your generation. Are you seeing this kind of openness among people that you know? I do see this openness within my generation because we're all searching for that unconditional steady love and we are very open to figuring out how things work, why they are the way they are. So I do feel like within my generation, we strive for getting to know Jesus. And one of the things we're learning is that um, folks don't just want to hear something, they wanna experience it, they wanna build relationships along the way and that's what happens through Alpha. And if you know a Gen Z person or just somebody who uh, needs to discover God's great love for them, bring them now. We just started Alpha last week. You can bring people up the first three weeks. First night is just launch. And uh, this Tuesday, invite them and, 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 and come to Alpha with them. And God does amazing things through Alpha. And it's a beautiful thing to behold. So would you thank Lonnie and Devenda for sharing with us today? Yeah, thank you. Well, this, this year, one of the things we want to do is we want to focus outwardly. We want to be reminded of this calling to, to, to be outwardly focused. And we are doing this thing out in the lobby that will be a visual, a way to motivate us as we live through the year. And right now, I think he's out there. Brett is out there. We're going to go to him live. Okay, we've not tried this hey, before. Yeah. But no, there I we totally, go. Yeah, I feel like I'm on KFVS 12 or something. Like we have a cold front moving in from the, anyway. Um, so, hey, a few months ago, uh, we did a sermon series called Bless, where what we were noticing is that often people want to be outwardly focused. They have people they love and care about. God's put them in their life. And those people aren't following Jesus. Either they haven't before or they've kind of gotten off track. And our people often, they just need a, uh, a way, like some rails to run on with how do I offer Jesus to others? And uh, we wanted to do that in a way that um, followed the way that Jesus did it, uh, not just giving people information, but opening up our lives to them and being a blessing to them. So we used a, uh, a, an acronym called BLESS, where first we, be, we begin with prayer. We commit to pray for some specific people um, that God would show up in their life. Uh, then we take time to listen um, because love listens. And uh, being listened to feels so much like being loved. The average person can't even tell the difference. They're like the same thing. Then there's we eat with people. Jesus ate with people. When he, before he went to the cross, he left his disciples with a meal that we call communion or the Last Supper. And, uh, and we invite people um, to eat with us. We go to them. We spend time with them over a good meal and over food. We take time. The first S is to serve people, meet their practical needs um, in, a, in a specific and practical way. And then last, we share our story. We put words to the actions that we've been living out. Uh, and we take time to tell them what God has done in our life in big ways and small ways. 
and invite them to follow Jesus with us. We even put together this thing called a blessed journal um, where you can kind of uh, go through that journey over the next year um, with a few people. And uh, one thing we wanted to do is celebrate the movement of that in our congregation. So what we're working on is putting together um, this wall here in the lobby. It says B-L-E-S-S. And our hope is that as people go through the year, they can like scan the QR codes that are in um, this journal or the one on the wall. And we have different colored ping pong balls that will represent the B's, the L's, the E's, the S's, and the other S's. Um, And like when you say, uh, my neighbor, I'm committing to pray for them. And you enter that in, like an orange ping pong ball will roll down and it'll go into this plexiglass frame here. Um, And then maybe later you invite uh, them over to eat. And then while you're eating, you take time to listen. And then you can say, you, um, you did that and you did this. And then we'll have a blue ping pong ball and a green one. And over time, we'll get to see how our community is engaging with others um, out of love for the sake of inviting them to follow Jesus. And we'll see this fill up as a way to celebrate our movement together as a community while we are a blessing to others in his name. So I just wanted to let you guys know what was going on out here, and we're really excited to see that happen together. So um, back to you, Jordan. Would you please stand and sing with us? Alleluia.
that stone was moved for good For the Lamb had conquered death And the dead rose from their tombs And the angels stood in awe For the souls of all who'd come To the Father are restored And the church of Christ was born And then the Spirit in the flame And now this gospel truth of old Shall not kneel, it shall not fade that the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed through the local church is the hope of the world. And it often begins with a simple invitation. Well, here's one for you. Um, caves. There's a number of people in the Bible who spend some time in caves, literal caves. Caves are dark places. But it's in those caves that we can encounter God. So maybe you know someone right now who's in a dark space, really difficult place. Invite, invite him with you. It's gonna be an incredibly encouraging series that'll take us through Easter. Cave time, we're calling it. And uh, we believe that it's a hopeful message for people who need hope. So after this word, you'll be dismissed. May you go forth in the name of the one who is the gospel, who is the good news. Jesus, Messiah, our Savior, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. May you go to take hope with you and an invitation in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, everybody, we hope you're doing great. We're so glad that you tuned in today. If you like this video, don't forget to give it a thumbs up and share it with anyone you think could benefit. We're excited about all the content we have coming up and can't wait for you to see it. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss out. If you're curious about LaCroix, or if you're looking to take the next step on your journey with Jesus, check out LaCroixChurch.org. We love you, and we hope to see you again soon.